Hey friends, Cable here, and this week's podcast is proudly brought to you by my friends over at Kent Cartridge. Uh, I've got a man, I've got a lot of history with this brand, going back to my college days when I was waiting tables just to fund my duck hunting addiction. That's when I first discovered Kent, and uh, I'd mess around with other brands, cheaper brands, and literally watch the pellets bounce off of greenheads. Uh, I found Kent, and I fell in love. And nothing's changed over the last 20 years except for, well, I'd say Fast Steel 2.0 is even better than the original. And Kent offers a premium shell at a sub-premium price. Check it out. It's Fast Steel 2.0. You can find it at your local retailer. Howdy, everybody. This week's podcast also brought to you by Spartan Forge. Born in war, Spartan Forge was conceived while targeting terrorists Think about that. Targeting bad guys during deployments in support of the global war on terror. We can also use this technology because of its similarities to track mature bucks. Now it's time to get this analysis into your hands. It's military-based intelligence, next-generation mapping. I absolutely love it. And I love the people behind Spartan Forge. They're like me. Second Amendment till the day we die. No exceptions. America first. Spartan Forge. Check it out by downloading the app today. It's New Year's Day here on the border And it's always been this way I never do the things I order I think I'll stay It's New Good morning, good morning, good morning. Cable Smith welcoming everybody into episode 658 of SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show presented by Mossberg Firearms. It had to be Charlie Robinson, our very own Charlie Robinson's New Year's Day, kicking things off for us as we head into a brand spanking new year. 2022 was crazy. There's no doubt about that. Uh, I don't know if that's good. I think it's mostly bad, but at least we ended on a high, and I'm talking about what went down in November. Um, if you're a gun owner and a, a hunter, well, uh, big wins for that side of the fence anyway. You know what I'm talking about. And then, of course, so many big bucks hitting the ground in November. Uh, as we transition into January, though, uh, it's going to be all about the ducks for me, uh, with the exception of a week, um, I guess next week, I'm going to Mexico for mule deer, which I've never hunted in Mexico, hunted that border, uh, Laredo area many, many times where you actually have to drive through the, the checkpoint there to make sure you're not uh, a mule smuggling any illegals or drugs back into the country, uh, but never across the border. So, Looking forward to that, and uh, I'm looking forward to a great 2023 as we put <laughs> we put that crazy. Ch- you know, you thought 2020 was bad. Then you're like, well, 2021, it'll be better. And then you're like, well, maybe 2022. Hey, fingers crossed for 2023. <laughs> well, it's like we're living in the twilight zone, but uh, we'll keep fighting the good fight, and we'll do that on this show, and you and I will do that in our daily lives as well. Okay, what are we doing today? Well, let me tell you. You know what to do. Pull up that stool a little closer to the old campfire. Pour yourself 
another cup of that Black Rifle Coffee out of Granddaddy's beat up old Stanley Thermos because uh, we're going to be talking suppressors today. One of my favorite pieces of equipment ever invented from a hunting and shooting standpoint. I should have done it a long time ago, uh, but there's reasons why I didn't. And I'm sure many of you kind of uh, came from that same school of thought and you waited and waited and waited and looking back 10 or more years ago, you know, you're like, oh, I should have done that. Well, now's the time to do it if you haven't. And uh, we're going to check in with Silencer Central's founder and CEO, Brandon Maddox. We're going to talk the advantages of suppressors, how easy the process has become, because I think the process is the number one hangup for a lot of folks. It's like, well, we live in this instant gratification society, and you're telling me I'm going to buy something, but I may not be able to have it in my hands for a year? I don't know about that. Uh, But there's reasons why you should, and the process is becoming more streamlined. And Silencer Central, they make it so easy, which we will get into all of that. Plus, uh, we'll go long range for prairie dogs, maybe mix in some African safari conversation, and we'll take a look at the decibel levels where it really does become dangerous to the human ear because that's that's the beauty of suppressors. There's multiple things, but you need to protect your hearing. You, you only get one shot at that. I wish I would have taken better care of my hearing as a younger man, but it's never too late to make that switch. Uh, this it's, it's a game changer. So looking forward to having Brandon join us for the duration of today's broadcast as we're going to be all over the map, but the general focus will be on going suppressed because it's really just too invaluable of a tool to not have in your arsenal or your toolkit. So anyway, it's all things suppressors today. Uh, and to celebrate kicking off 2023 in style, let's do a Silencer Central giveaway. Uh, how about a cap t-shirt and get this, a $200 tax stamp compliment of Silencer Central. So you're not going to pay the feds anything. They're going to take care of that for you and just eat that $200 tax stamp cost. There's no way around it. If you order a suppressor, you're paying the $200 tax stamp. So uh, they're going to do that for one of you guys. And uh, all you need to do to enter today's Silencer Central giveaway is email the word suppressor, that's suppressor, uh, if you can spell it, that's suppressor to Lone Star Outdoor Show at gmail.com. We'll be right back on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. If you're looking for a thermal hog hunt near DFW, then 3 Curl Outfitters has you covered. Offering fully guided thermal hunts just minutes south of Dallas, guide scout daily to put you on the bacon. Using thermal imaging technology to hunt feeders, crop fields, and river bottoms, you get unlimited hogs and no kill fees. Visit www.3curl.com. Also offering corporate hunts and food and lodging available by request. Book at 3curl.com or call 214-455-0940. 
In the market for a compact track loader, check out the Bobcat Advantage, where Bobcat track loaders squared off against other brands in a variety of tests and challenges. Whether you're looking for performance advantages, uptime protection, or quality design, Bobcat compact track loaders are the best-built machines in the industry. But don't take our word for it. Watch the videos at BobcatAdvantage.com or see Bobcat machines in person at one of our nine North Texas locations. Visit BobcatOfNorthTexas.com or call 469-586-0000 today. Cable Smith, welcome everybody back into SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show, presented by Mossberg Firearms. Thanks for being here today. We're all set to uh, get suppressed with Silencer Central's Brandon Maddox. This segment, though, proudly brought to you by SCI, the worldwide leader in big game conservation. The big event is taking place February 22nd through the 25th in Nashville. It's the annual convention where the entire hunting community from across the globe will converge for four amazing days celebrating hunting and conservation. You'll see uh, old faces, new faces, lifelong friends, friends that uh, you only see once or twice a year because they live off in some faraway place, but we all share the same passion and the same goal of protecting our lifestyle through sustainable use hunting. Um, So we'll see you there. For more information, head over to safariclub.org. Okay, well, let's bring him on right now. Joining us from, I think, somewhere in the Dakotas, it is my pleasure to welcome Brandon Maddox to the show. Hey, thanks for having us. Excited to be here. It is my pleasure. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm certainly excited to to have you on and, and to be working with you guys. Um, and we've got a lot to discuss today. But first, um, where are you? Where are you joining us from? Yeah, good question. So Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Okay. And but that's not that's not where you're originally from. No, I was born and raised in the southeast. So I was born in Alabama, mm. spent a few years in Tennessee, then Georgia, and then spent, you know, like high school, college in North Carolina. And then um pharmacist. So I met my wife who is also a pharmacist and she's from South Dakota. So when you marry someone from South Dakota, you end up coming to South Dakota. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Uh I was actually in South Dakota a couple of weeks ago. Oh cool. I uh I flew into Rapid City. Oh yeah. And then I rented a car and went and drove to Nebraska. Uh, oh for, sure. For a deer hunt up there yeah. in the, the sand Perfect. hills. Yeah. Oh yeah, mule deer or just regular whitetail? Uh they had both on the property yeah. but uh I was there for whitetail. Oh good. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Nice. They also have some monstrous elk out there which I was shocked by. Uh, oh yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, but driving through the Badlands is it's, it's really cool. Isn't cool. It? Yeah. yeah. It's different. Mm-hmm. And then, and there's lots of historical stuff you could see. Uh, I guess, is it called? I think it's called Wounded Knee. I know I yeah. read the book back in the day. Yeah. Totally. Uh, you can check that out. So I pulled over on the side of the road and, and, you know, read the, the sign there. And there you go. Um, yeah. It's, it's just a pretty drive. It's different. It's like, it's like nothing else I've ever seen. Yeah. It is very different. I agree. It's, uh, it's definitely different. Yeah. And of course I'm on the other side of the state completely. Yeah. So I'm kind of near the corner of Minnesota, Iowa, uh, Nebraska, and it's kind of all prairie. I mean, it's, I'm exaggerating, but you know, the river goes through here, but it's mostly prairie. Yeah. It's flat. So do you have mostly, cause where I was, they have, you know, and, and that drive from rapid city into Nebraska, you could 
see, you know, uh, a, a river system basically on the off whatever highway that was. And that's yeah. a prime whitetail habitat. And then there's hill, hills and on the drive back, because I, I wanted to watch the U.S. Netherlands World Cup game. And okay, I shot, cool. I shot yeah. the deer on the first day. So I was like, well, I'll just come home a couple of days early. Yeah. But my to get to the airport bar to watch the game, I had to leave at like 5 a.m. So yeah. as, as I was getting closer back to Rapid City, I'm looking at all these deer on both sides of the highway. There's mule deer over here and then closer to the, the trees and stuff. There's whitetail. Yeah. And I saw, I don't know if it was a 160 inch whitetail, uh, but I, I mean, a massive whitetail deer. So I know what kind of deer in that part of the state. And I'm like looking at, you know, Spartan Forge, my hunting app. I'm like, who owns this? You know, how do I get yeah. in touch with these yeah. people? <laughs> uh, what, what kind of deer do you have up in your part of the world? Uh, mostly just whitetail, you know, fortunately or unfortunately. And you're right. They kind of like to stay around the river. It seems mm -hmm. like here. And I do own some property on the river. Um, and it, it, there's a ton there just looking at like the game cameras and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's amazing. It's of course there's like these huge fields of corn everywhere. So they're well-fed. It's, um, yeah, it's a good habitat. Well, so I guess now I'm going to be knocking on your door. Hey, uh, when are we going whitetail hunting? Next <laughs> yeah, year? Exactly. Uh, so totally. do you do a lot of deer hunting? You know, not too much. Um, you know, right, I'll be your I'll be your huckleberry then. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know, I started varmint hunting, and that's how I got into the whole suppressor game. Yeah. Um, and then, gosh, with two two teenage girls, it seems like there is something literally almost every weekend. But I did, you know, I, I sometimes kid that my wife put me on a hunting diet, so I went to Africa for two weeks. So, um, you know, I shot like thirty animal planes games there. So she's yeah. kind of like, all right, you spent your your enough for the next two years, <laughs> right? Right. Um, yeah, so for you it was prairie dogs, right? Is that oh that yeah, totally. Yeah, I just got obsessed with the whole idea of um people are inviting you to come, they want you to shoot them. Yeah. You can wear shorts while you're shooting them, and you're just basically putting a bench up and just keep shooting, and they're typically uh not very astute. So if you miss, you get another shot. So it's uh -huh. it was perfect for me. <laughs> yeah, I, I had a place two hours from Dallas, uh, and we had prairie dogs on that lease. And oh so yeah. I, I have done a little bit of it, not uh, not probably what you've done, but what would you say is your your favorite caliber and, and bullet combo for those things? So you know, if you ask ten people, you typically get like you know four or five different answers. Mm -hmm. You know, when I first started, I used two two three just because it was you know probably cheaper, and I was shooting like an AR platform. I was using a less bearer because it was very accurized for an AR. I ended up switching to twenty two two fifty. It just feels like it cuts through the wind better. The wind is a bear. If you were in South Dakota, you you probably witnessed that. The wind oh, is yeah. just it's brutal. You know, a lot of people say, "Hey, I like a seventeen or I like you know a two hundred four or something like that." But the wind, just when it hits that bullet, it just starts moving it too much. So I like the twenty two two fifty. It's a little bit more expensive, but yeah. and then you know switch it to like a bolt action. It forces you to go. All right, we got to make sure this shot counts. Mm -hmm. There's not going to be an easy one coming up after without me reloading and finding the finding the prairie dog again in the um, scope <laughs> yeah so my my son learned to shoot on a 17 hmr oh yeah essentially well actually i actually he learned to shoot on 22 250 and then i got him a 17 hmr and i would shoot prairie dogs with that thing and you're right i mean i i don't know what grain the bullet is it's it's very light and yep. if out past like 100 yards i'm like man wind is screwing that thing up but you get a 55 grain or 60 grain 22 250 bullet that's uh it's a lot different 
So it sounds horrible, but I've hunted with people and they shoot them with a 17 and you see, you see the prairie dog get hit. It just falls over. And then you hit it with a 22, 250, like a Nossler ballistic tip or a V max. It literally explodes. It's like, yep, that's what I drove four and a half hours for. <laughs> <laughs> and what's the longest shot you've made on one? Oh gosh. I mean, uh, probably six, 700 yards, but of course, you know, it, it sounds like a lot, but if you get as many shots as you can until you hit them, it's not hard to just keep shooting until, you know, something happens. What's cool though, is those VMAX and those Nosslers, a lot of times those bullets will break apart when it hits. And I've seen scenarios where you hit one and the shrapnel will hit like two or three around them. And that, that, to me, that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> and again, uh, there's no shortage of prairie dogs. These things are pests. Oh Land gosh. So don't... Everywhere. Yeah. Prairie you know, what the alternative is, and I've I've went to a place in Lubbock where we were planning on doing this big prairie dog shoot in between. I, we were pheasant hunting that morning, and my buddy's oh, yeah. like, "Hey, I got this this farmer said I could we could prairie dog." Hunt. Well, he hadn't talked to him in a couple of weeks, and he had gone over there and poisoned them all. So we get oh, there, and yeah. it's just a ghost town, right? Oh yeah. I mean, that's they're they're just, they're persecuted. Landowners hate them, but they keep coming back. Like the, you can't get rid of the damn things. Totally. I do feel like the more pressure you put on them shooting them, they just mate more. They have more, you know, more litters or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Um, okay. So how does a, a pharmacist pivot and get into the suppressor industry? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I, I'd say it's like people are like sort of like this doesn't even make sense. Help me sort of connect the dots here. Um Good question. So I would say that like when I grew up, I didn't, I didn't grow up around firearms. Like my parents weren't against them, but they just mm -hmm. didn't, they weren't as, but my uncle and grandfather were. So I genetically, I had this predisposition. I enjoyed it in the summer, but when I moved here, um, my South Dakota family through my wife, all her brothers are gun nuts. And so is her dad. He even has a federal farms license in his pharmacy. So it was sort of like, all right, <laughs> it's going to be fun. I'm going to get to tap into my natural uh, genetic uh, predisposition to loving guns and hunting. Um, you know, I just, I, like I mentioned, I was out shooting prairie dogs and it seems like if you go to places that have been shot a lot, like close to highways or everyone knows the owner, um, one shot and they just kind of go under and it's mm -hmm. sort of disappointing to drive, you know, four or five hours from my house to go hunt. And yeah, you, know, you got the car packed, you're ready to spend a week there. And as soon as you shoot, they all disappear. So you know, I was at a gun show one day and um, a guy wasn't really selling suppressors, but he had them on a gun and it sort of planted the seed of, gosh, I wonder if that would work. You know, this is in the early 2000s. And honestly, there was really nothing online about them. I couldn't I couldn't connect the dots of, you know, the assumption was this should help hunting prairie dogs and varmints. And it was almost like, let me test this out myself. So I bought one. Um, local gun store, local gun store, try to talk me out of it. They're like, the process is horrible. Uh, you're gonna have to wait forever. You're, you're going to wish you hadn't done this. I mean, they did everything they could to talk me out of it. Uh, mm -hmm. they were right. They had a horrible process. They had one person that was in charge of, it, and that person was never there. And you just didn't really know what was going on. But after I got the first one, I absolutely loved it. Um, but it was just too heavy. I bought a cheap one just cause I was, you know, seeing if it would work. Right. It was curl Molly steel. It was so heavy. It just didn't make sense. Um, so then I bought a second one and it was too short, too small, it was too loud. So then the third one, I was like, I'm going to get my own license. And then um, my insight is that people would buy more if the process was easier. So it just became sort of my life mission of how do we make the process easier? And um, I just started working um, gun shows on the weekends starting in like 2005. It didn't really get busy till like 2009. And then we just sort of scaled it up from there. It seems like the insight that people want a simple process was the right insight. Cause it seems like it, as we scale it up, people, more people are interested. Right. Right. Okay. Well, let's take a quick break. Uh, now that we know a little bit about the background of silencer central, 
we'll we'll come back and get into how you've simplified the process and you know what are some of the reasons why people are still hesitant to order their first suppressor. That segment, by the way, brought to you by Mossberg Firearms. Whether you're looking for a, a prairie dog plinker like a 22250 or something for uh, as big as Cape Buffalo in a 375 Ruger, they've got everything, basically every caliber you can imagine right there in that Patriot lineup. It's a working man's rifle that is built ruggedly and reliable. It's the Mossberg Patriot series, and you can find it at Mossberg.com. We'll be right back on the Lone Star Outdoors show. time to tell you about Protect products. Veteran-owned and made in the USA, Protect makes your water work harder for you in the field. They have a hydration electrolyte formula for endurance and replenishment. It's perfect for elk hunting, right? Uh, Energy formula for when you need an extra kick. Immunity for optimizing the immune system. And one of my favorites, the rest formula to ensure deep sleep and proper recovery. All the formulas are liquid, so they mix instantly in your water bottle or camelback. And the cool thing is, They don't gunk them up like a powder with that messy residue. They also have an easy-to-use line of mineral sunscreen for quick and odorless application and all-day protection in the field. For more info, head over to protect.com to see their entire lineup. That's protect, P-R-O-T-E-K-T.com. Cable here, and if you're like me, you probably enjoy bold flavors and cuisines. And nobody does Cajun and Creole better than Chris's Specialty Foods in Frisco. Their forte includes specialty sausages, boudins, and andouille, pre-cooked soups, gumbos, and sides, where all you have to do is heat it up. What about high-quality steaks, smoked and fried turkeys, turduckins, and turducken rolls for the holidays, plus gift boxes. Storefront conveniently located off Dallas Parkway in Frisco, or shop online at chrisspecialtyfoods.com and have it delivered to your door. And we clean our guns while we turn our cheese. We're like angels and demons and dogs in heat. So baby, raise your glass, but don't cut your teeth. Just show your sweet tooth grin to It's the Band of Heathens bringing us back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show, presented by Mossberg Firearms. Cable Smith here with you. Thanks for kicking off 2023 with me on, uh, what is this, episode 658? Gosh, been at this a long time. (laughs) And uh, I appreciate you guys sticking with me over the years as we continue talking hunting, fishing, the great outdoors and all that implies. And today we're talking suppressors. We'll pick that conversation back up with Silencer Central's Brandon Maddox momentarily. But first, this segment... Brought to you by All Seasons Feeders and Blinds. Check out the 600-pound stand-and-fill if you haven't already. Maybe you're living like a caveman where you still have to back your truck up to the feeder or you have to haul a ladder around. Yeah, that's that's not what we're doing with the 600-pound stand-and-fill. You just stand there and you fill it. It's that easy. You can find it at allseasonsfeeders.com. Well, jumping back into our discussion on suppressors with Silencer Central's Brandon Maddox. You know, I've got a suppressor ordered from you guys. It'll be actually my third. I have two others. Um, But let's talk about the process. And also, 
you know, why I think so many hunters are hesitant to start the process. And I think the reason people, more hunters don't get one is like they they have this uh, predisposition that it's such a arduous process. Like your first one, it sucked, right? Yeah, 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 uh, totally. Yeah, yeah. So, and then Obama got elected when I was yeah. really thinking about it. Yeah. And, and I was like, nah, he's going to put me on some list and then yeah, you know, yeah. it's going to be bad yeah. for me. Yep. That never happened. And so no. finally in like 2019, I got my first suppressor. I should have done it 15 years ago. Oh, right? totally. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's, I was at a bank Christmas party last night and um, there's like, there's a lady we work with there and I, I knew she'd bought one from me and I just kind of asked her, Hey, have you had a chance to use it yet? She's like, Oh my God, I can't believe I haven't told you the story. She's like, I was at 160 yards. I missed him. My husband's like, you just got to get comfortable. So she sat down, got shooting sticks out and she's like, I got a second shot. It didn't even move. It didn't even know I shot the first time. So she was just so excited and so passionate about it that, um, you know, after someone has that experience or they see someone has that experience and they tell other people, it just, it's sort of contagious. It's, uh, it, it just, it just makes hunting more enjoyable. Oh, the, well, it makes hunting and shooting much more enjoyable. And, um, I've noticed that more with my kids too, because where my, my son was like the biggest thing he was comfortable shooting was that 22, 250 and oh, yeah. at the time, seven years old. Um, and I got him on a 243 once I got that first suppressor. Yeah, perfect. And it, it just cuts the recoil in half. And then he shot my six, five Creedmoor and he's like, okay, because yeah. that one had a thermal scope on it. And he's like, I want to shoot the one with the thermal scope. So I let him do <laughs> totally. that. And then I let him shoot my seven mag with a suppressor and he was like, eh, no, I'm good on that. But, yeah. uh, but I wouldn't have even let him shoot the six, five at, at as, as small as he is, um, without it being suppressed, but I'd sure. say it cuts the recoil in half. Like I shoot his two forty three sometimes for fun at pigs and it's like shooting a 22. Oh yeah. No, it's fun. Yeah. And that's something I, I forget to mention, you know, it's easy. People just, they know about the sound reduction, but, um, I'm, I'm, not as good as I should be about reminding people about the recoil reduction. Cause that's a big deal. Mm -hmm. Well, if I didn't have kids, I, I wouldn't, it, it wouldn't have been, uh, so noticeable for me because, you know, we're big guys. We can yeah. shoot whatever. Yeah, yeah totally. Uh, but when you hand a kid, a you know, that weighs 65 pounds soaking wet, a six, five Creedmoor and 142 grain bullet, that's a big difference than a hundred grain bullet out of a two forty three. Oh yeah, totally. And he was like, cool. I like that. Uh, oh, perfect. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. And then obviously the uh, the hearing component. I wish I would have done it a long time ago because I noticed sometimes in the elk woods, my buddy's like, "Did you hear that bugle or did you hear that gobble?" You know, yeah. and I'm like, "No, I didn't hear it." And yeah. I can. And my wife's a lot of time. She thinks I'm just ignoring her. I'm like, "I didn't. I didn't hear what she said." You know? True. <laughs> True. And, yeah. and it's from. I there's probably five or six times in my life where somebody shot an AR or I shot an AR. Mm -hmm. it's, always, it's always been an AR that yeah. or, or something with a, a big muzzle brake. I had this seven mag for a long time that had a muzzle brake on it that if you didn't have the ear pro on and you shot that thing, you regretted it. Yep. Uh, but then, you know, your ears are ringing for a couple days and that yep. uh, that adds up. Totally. And I wish I would have taken better care of my hearing as a younger man. Me too. Yeah, no, that's. I was thinking the same thing last night at that sort of social event when it's loud in a room, it is hard for me to hear people just from so much shooting. And a lot of times, like you said, it was just an accident. It wasn't, mm. it wasn't just blatantly, I'm not going to wear them. Um, it was an accident where someone shot and I didn't know they're about to shoot or I didn't have it in as sealed as I thought I would. And yeah, it's just, mm. it's frustrating. Oh yeah. Uh, so th there's that safety, you know, why not P protect your hearing? 
you, totally. you can't you can't get it back once it starts to go yeah um what and, and explain that 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 decibel level where you go from you know okay you're yeah it's getting a little loud for the human ear yeah but then you take it up a notch to where it's actually damaging yeah it could potentially damage you Good question. And it, get, it gets confusing because, um, you know, they'll say it's 140 decibels is where you want to be at 140 or less. Uh-huh. Um, and so like a regular, like a, a 308 is going to be in that 167 range, you know, closer to 170. Um, so the goal obviously is to get it to 140 or less. You know, most silencers will get you there. Um, so that's you know obviously a benefit is you're not getting that hearing damage but you're right if you're over 140 then you do have and it's like you mentioned with the ar that open you know with the sound coming out the side that that does create more sound so it's even more important and a lot of times people that are trying to get that tactical effect their goal is typically a smaller suppressor and they're not as concerned about you know sound reduction but in in most cases if their goal if their goal is to protect their hearing they should almost be more aggressive with you know size of suppressor they use and ability to suppress the sound so what are some things out i don't know maybe a rock concert like what would what would you be subjected to outside of shooting a firearm that would be that loud you know so that so that's that's where it gets hard because like if it's a consistent sound like if it's a machine running or if it's a concert they drop that number down lower so they would say you know like you don't want to be over say 120 or 130 for like a consistent so this like we have meters that test them and the reason why it's hard to get the meters to test them is because that rise rate is so quick you know that shot is just so quick and then it's done so that's why you can go up a little bit higher you know you hear people say like a uh, airplane take off stuff like that is sort of equivalent to um, the gunshot. Um, you know, the interesting thing is if you look at a regular set of like earplugs, just the kind you push in, most of them will say they decrease decibels like 20, 22 decibels. But if you look at a suppressor, I mean, it's typically 30 decibels or more. So, you know, if you hand someone a set of earplugs and say you can get better uh, sound reduction with a suppressor when you're shooting a rifle than you can with these set of earplugs, it's a good visual for people. I used to use that at shows, just say, hey, you know, they rate these to 19 decibel reduction. And we know from testing that this one is, you know, 30. Mm. Well, and I'll be honest, like when I'm shooting suppressed, I'm, I don't wear ear protection. Yeah. I, no, me either. I, okay. Well, I, I, I know some people still do, but I'm like, it's not, if it doesn't hurt my ears, yeah. then I don't think it's damaging. My totally. Ears. Yeah. Um, going back to those hurdles of actually acquiring the suppressor, yes. you guys have made that process so easy. You yes. have, what do you, are you? I think there are what 46 states that allow suppressors 42 42 okay yep. well i know hawaii does not because i went right. on an axis deer hunt ah. in may and i told my my friend i was okay i'm i'm gonna bring my uh 300 wind mag suppressor whoa don't bring <laughs> the suppressor yeah I'm like really hawaii oh come on man uh yeah. but yeah i know hawaii is one of them probably yep. new york california i don't know yeah new york new jersey delaware rhode island massachusetts then you got illinois hawaii and then california so yeah there's eight states where you can hunt, so they're legal in 42 state suppressors, and then you can hunt in 41. So the only one you can't hunt where they're legal is Connecticut. Okay. Oh, interesting. But I, all those states would be the ones that I would have picked. Like, okay. Yeah, oh, totally. Yeah. I always say the dark blue states. You know, they used to be yeah. legal in Minnesota. We're so close to Minnesota. I used to kid guys. I'm like, they should give you like a little blue band you have to wear at the door so that we know you're from a Democrat state. You can't own these things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, but the other 42 states, you, you guys have made this process so user-friendly uh you can pretty you can do it all online yes um 
and then the and so I'm waiting for mine currently. And like every two weeks or so, I get an update from from you guys, and it says, "Hey, you know, your paperwork's still being processed." Yeah. Um, and like the first one I got, people were like, "Oh, you're gonna have to wait a year and a half." I six months is what it took. It wasn't yeah, long. Good. Good. And I think everything that I've read and, and talking to other people in the industry, like the I mean, the government is trying to get the process, you know, not so antiquated, not where, where the, the paperwork's not piling up. Yep. Um, and, and it is getting faster. I think like if you're waiting a year at this point, you're you're kind of towards the, the longer end of the, the spectrum there. Yeah. You know, last year, about this time, the ATF uh, reintroduced the e-forms. And the e-forms essentially mean that we can submit all of your information digitally to the ATF and then it can route digitally and then uh, we get the approval digitally. And then, you know, in the, the sign with central process, we then mail it to your front door. So um, you live in That's Texas. That's a cool part too, because yeah. you don't have to go, you don't have to say, well, hey, I, you got to send it to my FFL. Right. Because you can just send it to me because you're the FFL. 100%. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. So and, you know, looking at the waiting times, the hard part is it really did balloon up during the pandemic. There was a lot more suppressor sales than I think people realized. And the ATF got a lot of paper forms they were sitting on that they just couldn't get through. And then when they launched the digital forms last year, they still had a lot of paperwork, but they flushed through most of the paperwork. Um, you know, we, we have a lot of digital forms that we're waiting on with ATF and, you know, we're seeing hundreds per day approved. So they're definitely, now that they're done with the paper part, because once they launched the digital, the, the communication they've given us is only 5% of the applications they get in our paper. So they pretty much flush their system of paper. And, and the, why that benefits us as a consumer is that um, it's, it took about 25% as much time to do a digital as it did paper. Right. Right. Well, and I always heard, and I don't know if there's any truth to this or not, but I, I heard that when everything was paper, the um, the length of time it took to get your suppressor was based on how effective your agent was at their job. Like some of them actually did their work every day and yeah. then some of them just had a stack there and they, they didn't do it as quickly. So I've seen it like go, because of course I've been doing it since 2005. So I've seen almost every scenario. So for a while, they did have examiners based on states. So you knew who your examiner was. And when you would ask them, the theory was that processes or laws could be different. And that's not my experience. There's not that many different um, ways to handle NFA stuff at a national level. They're just not, most state laws are kind of quiet on it. They don't mention NFA at all in most mm -hmm. cases. So uh, I don't, it, that didn't necessarily make sense to me, but then I've seen it where um, they've got so many contractors now um, that are basically people that the government hires to do the process that aren't, you know, truly the in-house employee. I think one thing that makes it hard is we might send the same paperwork that's all exactly the same to 10 examiners and uh, nine of them will approve it. And one will send back a question or call us or email us. And it's kind of like, it, it feels like there's not always that consistency there, but you know, it's probably they're hiring a lot of new people. And so they got some new people uh, behind the desk, um, which, which, which helps, but you know, I send Christmas cards to them each year. I mean, I write them a card because <laughs> I figure at the end of the day that I want them to think positively of our company. And of course you can't give them any gifts. So I always have a running count each year of how many examiners they have. Cause I, they won't give me a list of their names, but they tell me how many there are. And uh, you know, I, one day they said, ah, we don't think this is your signature because we got your Christmas card on our thing and it's not our signature. I said, well, it's a stamp of my signature. It's my signature. <laughs> like, Oh, okay. <laughs> um. You guys manufacture your own yes suppressors. You also sell other brands. 
100%. Yeah, exactly. Good question. So sometimes people ask us how we got into the manufacturing. So the reality is, uh, we've sort of, in my mind, from a market perspective, sort of grown under the radar screen. You know, I would work gun shows and we would sell so many suppressors in the winters, typically when the gun shows were here in the Dakotas. And there was really the only way you could buy them. When I first started, you could buy them direct to the manufacturer. And then it switched where everyone made you go through a wholesaler. And it just became a, a, re, a resourcing issue. Like I couldn't get the amount of suppressors I needed for my business to mm -hmm. sort of, you know, handle the influx of business we would get during the gun show season. And years ago, before eForms, it was six months to transfer a silencer from the manufacturer to the wholesaler, and then six months from the wholesaler to the dealer. So um, wow. it just, you know, it took me a year to get anything before I could sell it. So what I also found is that most suppressors were not really made for the hunter in mind. Typically, they were made more for the tactical market. I think if when people do research, they probably find tactical markets better. So they really focus their products on that. But sort of us starting in the Dakotas, I would say 100% of our customers hunted. And we found that a lot of our hunters wanted lighter weight. So we went to like all titanium, which of course is more expensive to source and machine. But we found the hunters wanted less weight on the end of the barrel. We found a lot of them like to take them apart and clean them. We talked about prairie dogs. You know, you could shoot three or 400 rounds a day on prairie dogs. And if you get that all carboned up, a lot of guys want to be able to take it apart and clean it. So most of ours come apart so you can get the carbon out. Um, but that's the reason why we got into making our own is we felt like there was really nothing out there for the hunter. And we also just, we couldn't get the supply we needed. There was really no incentive for someone to sell to us. If they're selling to a wholesaler, the wholesaler gets the same price, no matter who they send it to. Um, but yeah, we also sell other stuff too. So if someone wants something, we, we, we sell anything. Um, and people like that option too, where, Hey, I, you know, I bought one of yours. I want to buy another one or I want, I, you know, my friend's got this and I want that. And yeah, we're able to source it through our wholesalers. We keep stock of them. And then it still goes through our, you know, same sort of turnkey process. You know, one thing customers like is we give free trust. So the people feel like they're getting some value there. Most people will charge you for that. The other thing that my insight working gun shows over the years is the joke I always use is that if you come home with a Yeti cooler, your wife's not going to be happy about how much you spend on that cooler. Mm -hmm. But if you spend two to three times that on a suppressor and you bring nothing home, you're going to get, you know, a real mm -hmm. tongue lashing. So we let people pay while they wait. So, you know, if a guy came up to the booth and said, Hey man, my wife will kill me if I buy a suppressor today, even though you guys make it so easy, I'd say, man, you got a hundred bucks, just put something down and just pay it off before it's approved. Um, we don't charge any interest or fees to do that. My banker thinks I'm crazy, but mm -hmm. I look at it as, Hey, we're in the boat with them. We want it to be approved quickly. Then we get paid quicker and then I don't have to pay insurance on them sitting here. So um, yeah, that that's the other good thing about having our own product is that, uh, you know, we could always resell it if someone pays for it. And then like, if they put a little bit down and they decide they don't want it or whatever, then at least we could resell it. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I bet that doesn't happen very often. Who doesn't know like suppressor no, totally. that they've, they've already put yeah. money down? I always on. say there's like a 100% response rate. We call and say, hey, yo, 50 bucks on the suppressor you're waiting on. By the way, it's approved. You get an instant call back. Oh, here's my credit card. Let's get it, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, what is the What is your most popular model that you guys make? You know, the Banish 30 is, is definitely the most popular just because it's all titanium. It's super That's light. That's the one I have uh, on order. Yeah. yeah, it's super quiet. You know, we've done so many different tests with it because, like I said, the hunter typically wants it as quiet as possible. You know, someone shooting tactical, they may just want hearing safe. They just don't want to have to wear earplugs. But someone who's hunting, it's like quieter is better. Um, and, and like I said, that's kind of the that's where we grew up in. Most of the people in the Dakotas are shooting coyotes and, 
you know, the story is if you call in three coyotes, how many of those do you want to shoot? And the answer is four. So, right. you know, it's like people don't want to scare them off and then not be able to shoot them. So it's, it's quiet light. You know, the, the, the banished 30 is great because it's modular. So you can shoot it seven inches shorter or you can shoot it the full nine inches. Either way comes apart to clean. Um, you know, we got a tool where you can push the baffles out and just, you know, throw them in like a CLR, like a calcium lime rust remover. That acid will eat the carbon right off. Uh, so you can, you can rotate the baffles, which is kind of cool. All the baffles are the same. So you can put them in any order you want. Sometimes people have this like mental, like concern that, okay, that blast baffle is getting all the blast of every shot. I'm concerned there's going to be wear on that first baffle, which makes sense. But since they're all the same, just rotate it. Every time you clean it, it's going to go back in a different order just by random, you know, choice. And you're not going to get as much wear on that. So I, mm -hmm. it's uh yeah it's been very very popular just the lightweight you know again i started at the shows um selling selling them and you hand somebody any silencer that has any amount of stainless steel in it and then you hand them a banished 30 and 100 percent of the time not 99 100 percent of the time they don't even ask price they're like i definitely want the lighter one it's just instant so that's why right. it's a really once you pick that thing up you're gonna be like wow i can't believe how light this thing is yeah what about um what what is the MSRP on the banish? Uh nine ninety nine. So the goal try to keep it right underneath the thousand. We haven't gone up, you know, during inflation and all this other stuff. Well, it's one of the few products then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you're right. I my guys are like, oh, I'm like, well, it's just it's something for a guy to say it's less than, you know, it's less than a grand. And you know, just have you been have you so have you you've been to Texas? You were here for your daughter's track meet uh last weekend. Oh, yeah, we go all the time because we're also big supporters of the Dallas Safari Club. Uh, so and we also sponsor their gala. So I'm, and actually I'm headed to San Antonio to take my daughter um, hunting. So yeah, I feel like I'm oh, down nice. here probably 10 times a year, probably once a month. So, so you've been to a Bucky's then? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. So uh, speaking of inflation, I, my son and I went duck hunting last weekend and we go to, we meet, we meet my buddies at the Bucky's and then, so we, we leave a vehicle there. So we're driving back and I'm like, Hey, Henry, do you want a breakfast taco? He's like, yeah, sure. So I go get two tacos, $5.99 a taco, not for two tacos, brisket tacos, $6 now. I, I told my son, he's like, dad, I'm sorry. I wouldn't have gotten this if I knew it was $6. I was like, dude, it's, I mean, I got one too. It's cool. But just, he's, he was like, thanks a lot, Biden. <laughs> <laughs> totally. He's yeah, nine years old. You know? <laughs> I've ra I'm oh. raising him right. Yeah, uh, that's good. Totally. $12 for two tacos. I mean, inflation's just ridiculous. Let's knock out a quick break. We'll come back and discuss, you know, how compatible these things are with Excalibur. Like, do you need one for every gun? I think there's a lot of misinformation out there concerning that question. Uh, the guys that have suppressors know how versatile they are. What about maintenance? Is there any required at all? Uh, that segment was brought to you by Vortex Optics. Here's the cool thing. Whether you're looking for um, a rifle scope, a spotting scope, binos, rangefinder, you name it. I've got 10% off for you, and that's by using my promo code LONESTAR10 when you shop at eurooptic.com. And Eurooptic carries all of the SKUs from Vortex's lineup. So whatever you're looking for, they should have it. 10% off with that promo code LONESTAR10 when you check out. We'll be right back on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. No blood in these veins. You hardly see a car, truck, or train. We live in crazy times when it comes to censorship on social media. And if you're a gun owner and a hunter, and if you're proud of those things and you post about those things, then pff, 
you're already on the blacklist. You're getting censored. You might not even know it. Take it from me. I had my Instagram page deleted for an entire month for no reason last year. Mm-hmm. Guess what? That kind of stuff doesn't happen over at Go Wild. It's a community of people who love to hunt, fish, and cook their wild game. They also love guns. If you want to be a part of that kind of place where you're not getting censored, where they actually promote posts with that kind of content, just go to download Go Wild. It's a free app. I absolutely love it. You'll see me there posting every day. So come on, join the conversation at Go Wild. I'm Chris Letzinger, online sales manager at Cinnamon Creek Ranch here, reminding you we're not your typical archery club. We're a one-of-a-kind archery facility with indoor and outdoor ranges, full pro shop, and six different 3D courses. Cinnamon Creek was designed by hunters for hunters. Located in Roanoke, Texas, we have over 200 3D targets to hone your archery skills. Call 817-439-8998 or visit us at cinnamoncreekranch.com to visit our new online store. That's cinnamoncreekranch.com. Let's face it, guys. We all would love to own land, right? But they're not making any more of it. However, there's a solution. Lone Star Ag Credit has been helping its borrowers finance their own piece of paradise for over 100 years. Whether you want it for recreating, ranching, fishing, hunting, or just to get the hell out of Dodge for the weekend. Visit Lone Star Ag Credit today to start making that dream a reality. our good buddy William Clark Green, leave me alone, bringing us back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show, presented by Mossberg Firearms. Thanks for being here. I'm Cable Smith, riding shotgun. As always, appreciate you spending a part of your week with me. Uh, we're still talking suppressors with Silencer Central's Brandon Maddox. Before we get back into that conversation, though, this segment is brought to you by NUMA geared for the outdoors check out that pathfinder pant i keep telling you how awesome it is because it truly is the most comfortable the most durable it's just the best hunting pant that i found and you can get it in uh, khaki and some other solid colors as well so you know i'm not gonna lie i wore it to the bar with the family over the holidays not my my kids i mean like my wife's cousins extended family stuff had a few drinks i was wearing the pathfinder pant and uh christmas sweater Nobody knew the difference that I go out and kill deer in those pants as well. You can find it at numaoutdoors.com. All right. Uh, well, Brandon, let's talk about maintenance for these things. Like, uh, I haven't cleaned the suppressor that I have. I've probably put a couple hundred rounds through it. Uh, the banish that I'm getting from you guys, is there a recommended maintenance protocol for it? Good question. So my experience is if you wait too long, it's harder to get it apart. So most okay. people say, you know, every three or 400 rounds, some guys are like, wow, that'd be forever before I shoot that many. And some guys are like, well, that might be a good weekend of shooting prairie dogs or coyotes. So, um, yeah, you don't have to do it that often. It's just yeah. some guys are like, oh, I'm cleaning my gun. I want to clean my, you know, suppressor too. So sure. yeah, three or 400 rounds, take it apart. And it's not too carboned up. So it's easy to get it apart. I had a, an experience one time where I let something sit and it was impossible to get it apart. And it was, I shot this uh, mule deer. Uh, at like 11,000 feet in New Mexico. Um, and it had been raining and snowing and it was a muzzleloader hunt. Oh, I, I shot the deer. We, we, you know, we packed him out and, uh, I put that gun in 
you know, got back down to the, the trailhead, put that gun in the truck. And then I pulled it out like three years later to go muzzleloader hunting. And uh-huh. the breach was rusty, like corroded shut. Like I could not get the breach out of the gun. I had to take it to a gunsmith. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. So uh, the point is I learned my lesson. And when I shot this deer in Nebraska this time, the next morning I pulled it still while I was in camp, broke the gun down oiled it took the breach out you know Whoa. put it, yeah. <laughs> i was like yeah. we're not going down that road again <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> uh, but yes I, I i have had that happen that was uh you know shame on me i should have taken better care of my equipment but you live and learn yeah uh, what about talk about the trusts because that's another thing some people don't really understand what that entails right and what the benefits uh from from getting set up with the trust are yeah, good question. So Silencer Central, obviously we offer a trust free. So my caution is if you go to a local dealer, most of the times they'll tell you you don't need one. And that's just in my mind, that's probably because they don't offer it and they don't want you to go somewhere else or they don't want it to be an obstacle to keep you from getting a suppressor because it's an additional cost in most places. It also can make the paperwork more um, difficult on the dealer. So it, it's to their advantage typically to say, just buy it as an individual. And that's more so of a change that Obama did, like you said, back in 2016, where they made it a, a, they made it a little bit more difficult kind of. But so the benefit of the trust in my mind, so the first few silencers I bought, I I put them all in my own name. So essentially they're only tied to me. Uh, if, if they were being used, I had to be there with them. If I passed away, there's a form that would have to be filled out at my death to transfer it to someone else. They'd have to go through a background check. They'd have to wait. It's just, it, it's, it wasn't the right way to do it. So Think of it, um, I always say the, the best analogy I can think of with buying a suppressor is it's very analogous to like buying a truck in that it's a title transfer. So when you go buy a truck, basically the state's changing the title ownership from that dealer to you, uh, very similar with a suppressor. So the, the ATF, the feds have us as the title holder or the owner of the suppressor. We ask them to retitle the ownership of it to your trust. And then once it's approved, of course, we mail it to your front door and they'll do a background check on you specifically. But the benefit of the trust is that at the end of the day, the trust owns the suppressor. And then anyone else you add to the trust later can also use it. So almost think of it as like almost a mini LLC, if you will. And anyone on there who's like a co-owner can use it, um, you know, whenever, whenever they want to pretty much, as long as they're not, you know, a prohibited person. And the other interesting thing is um, it's like a handgun in most States, like uh, a dealer as a dealer, I can only sell a handgun to someone who's 21, but legally you could possess one at 18. Same thing with a suppressor. So if you have a son that's 18, he wants to use the suppressor on his own when you're not there and you just, you can add him to the trust. So again, the trust allows ownership sort of, I would say shared ownership, the trust is also editable, so you can make changes to it as far as who's on the trust, who's not on the trust. You can take people off. Adding people to the trust is sort of a stroke of a pen, so you don't have to involve the ATF again. So I feel sure we did the paperwork where it transfers to your trust and to you, and then you'll probably call us at some point and say, hey, I want to add someone else, and we'll send you a template to help you make that happen. There's no fee or cost to do it, and then there's no background check or anything. So it's very turnkey to add additional people to the trust. But then sort of on the inheritance side, it's really clean because uh, basically the trust owns it, and then it goes to your heirs. So you don't have to worry about doing additional paperwork because if you think of it really the ownership hasn't changed the trust owns it if you pass away you typically identify a backup usually your spouse now she's in charge and then she gets to pick who inherits it okay um what 
what if you, and this is my situation. So yeah. I got the first one as an individual. I didn't yes. set up the trust. Yeah. It wasn't, a, it wasn't, it wasn't offered. Like you guys have it yeah, just like totally. throw it in for free. Yeah, I yeah. didn't do it. Yeah. And how do I transfer that other suppressor into my trust that I'm getting through you guys? Yeah. Good question. So, you know, we could do it for you. So if you, it, what we need is a copy of just the form four, that front page, that's got all the information, the page that has the stamp on it. If you send us a copy of that, we'll ask the feds to transfer it from you as an individual to your trust since we have it on file. Now, okay. there is one catch. The feds charge $200 to make that happen. You have to pay that tax stamp again. Yeah. So, you know, you going back to the having it as an individual. So you get one transfer uh, per lifetime. So when you die, you get a free transfer. So what you could do is you could set up your will where it transfers that silencer when you die from you personally to your trust. So then your okay. trust would own it. But then by the time you pay a lawyer, like even to pick up the phone, my lawyer is more than 200 bucks. So it's almost better to pay the tax stamp. The other benefit of um, of us doing it is you, you still have possession of the silencer. It's still in your name and they'll mail it directly to you once it's approved the approval. So um, mm -hmm. yeah, it, it's a clean transaction. You know, I used to use that at shows because a lot of guys would come up and say, hey, you know, I've got machine guns or suppressors and I have them as an individual. And then once you talk to them about the benefit of having a, a trust and adding people to it and continuing to add suppressors to it and it determines who gets it and you pass away all the time. They're like, wow, I wish I'd done that. And we would usually say, Hey, well, if you buy one today, we'll transfer the other one. We won't charge you to do it. We'll do the paperwork at the same time. And then the feds charge that, you know, tax stamp to do the actual paperwork. But um, yeah, it, I think it's definitely uh, worthwhile to put things in trust. So what happened was, um, before Obama made changes to the law years ago, people would put a bunch of people on a trust. You, know, you might put like 10 people on there and there was only a background check done on the person that came to pick it up. And then what Obama did is he wanted a background check on everyone on the trust. So it's not us trying to circumvent the process, but we would typically recommend just put yourself on the trust. You're the only one that gets vetted. And then once it's approved, you can add other people and there's really no, there's no additional work for them. For some reason, my father-in-law has it in his head that he wants to keep his old trust from, you know, these years ago with 10 people on there. And it, it, it can make it painful if you have to do the paperwork for all 10 of them. So right. a lot of times, a lot of times, like if you have an old trust from like, you know, pre 2000 16, we have a template where you can take the people off the trust where it's just you on there. And then once the feds vet just you and it's approved, then you can add all those people right back. So there's some, there's some different, you know, tactics there. Okay. Um, let's see what else I had for you. Um, you guys are, you'll be at the major trade shows. I know I, uh, I actually, I think I did the paperwork at the i think i did that this summer at the texas trophy hunter show okay yeah sure yeah, totally yeah I'm pretty sure i did that there yeah. uh just like because I, I was like there and you guys were offering the fingerprinting and everything yes totally 100 percent. yeah um yeah and then they take your photo otherwise you have to just send them like a passport photo and uh, yep so yeah so our process is yeah so we could send you all the forms we have a, a variance from the atf to send you all of our forms digitally for you to complete so it's kind of you know you can do it from your couch um then we do need a picture. So a lot of people just, you know, have their, they stand up against a white background, a wall in their house. And then someone takes a, you know, selfie of them and upload that to us. 
And then, uh, so we use that as your picture to submit to the feds and your fingerprints. So what we do is we would mail you the fingerprint cards that the FBI supplies. Mm -hmm. We send you a little ink thing where you do your own. You just send them back to us. Then we scan them in and have them digitally. And then we upload that to the ATF. But no, as far as shows, yeah, we work a ton of shows. I mean, it's super convenient. Um, if a guy walks by and says, gosh, I've always wanted one of these. It's just a lot of paperwork. And, you know, when you tell a guy, hey, I can do all the paperwork in like five minutes. Uh, yeah, that's look, what it took. <laughs> yeah. They, they look at me like, that's crazy. That's impossible. I mean, I had a guy, I mean, now I've worked shows for almost 20 years, but I had a guy one day that he's like basically said, uh, there's zero chance that you're going to be able to do all this paper in five minutes. And I had, I was wearing a very expensive watch and I said, sir, I'm going to make a bet with you. You get to keep this watch if I do it in less than five minutes. So you watch that arm. And I think we we're done in three and a half. He's like, man, that was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. It's so it's the process has just become so much more user-friendly. Totally. Um, and you I think it's are, helped. Yeah. I think it's helped. That's all we focus on. We just double down on, you know, how do we make this process easier? Like I challenge my team, like, how do we, you know, like, so I talked about sending you the fingerprint cards. I also send you a postage paid envelope. So you don't have to worry about how much postage you put on it. You don't have to worry about what's my address. You don't have to worry about, do I have a big enough envelope at home to put these in there? You don't have to worry about is the uh, envelope too thin and someone could see my confidential information there. It's, and again, it doesn't happen overnight. I mean, you know, there's always growing pains, but over the last, you know, 18 years, we've found ways to fix things things in the process so that it is very smooth. Well, I can attest to how seamless you guys have made the process. Uh, let's knock out our last break. We'll come back and and we will actually hit on the compatibility of these things. Like, do you need to buy one for each gun or will one pretty much fit on most calibers? Uh, also, what is the suppressor market size and is that a growing demographic? All that much more coming at you after the break. That segment Brought to you by Armasite and the Contractor Thermal Rifle Scope. I just put one on the old 6.5 Creedmoor. Uh, taking it out this weekend, Henry and I are headed to the Dooley's, and hopefully we're going to get a big buck. But uh, I know we're going to get into the pigs after dark, and that's going to be because of the contractor. It's going to light up the night. Uh, User-friendly, like I said last week, I zeroed this thing in with three shots. If I can do it, so can you. Check it out. It's the contractor. You can find it at armasite.com. Be right back on the Wild Star Outdoor Show. I turned to look and there you were. It was something to see. Some say a silenced gunshot is the baddest sound out there. At Silencer Central, we have another favorite. It's the sound of silence delivered to your front door. When you buy from Silencer Central, we handle your application, set you up with a free NFA gun trust, and deliver your silencer straight to you. With an average 90-day turnaround time when you use eForms, buying a silencer is simpler than ever. Visit silencercentral.com and we'll help you get started. Did you know that Orvis has been family-owned since its inception in 1856? Think about that. Uh, they also donate 5% back to protecting nature. Orvis and his customers have raised and donated more than $20 million to protecting nature over the past 25 years. They continue to grow a community of outdoorsmen and women with classes focused on everything from fly fishing to wing shooting and hunting dog handling from basics all the way to advanced. And don't forget about their unique fly fishing and wing shooting trips all over the world. Orvis, proudly American-made fly fishing gear since 1856. It's that time of the year where you might want to try to kick off a new year with a fitness journey. Cryo and More has all your holistic healing needs with cold therapy, heat therapy, and pressure therapy, which shortcuts the time you have to spend recovering from your workout or minimize the muscle soreness you feel from physical activity. Cryo Skin is a body hack 
that speeds up the death cycle of the fat cells using non-invasive technology that uses heat and cold to eliminate fat cells. Your greatest wealth is your health. Visit cryoandmore.com or head over to the location off Virginia Parkway. Cable Smith, welcome everybody back into SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Thanks for being here today. Thanks to Mossberg, our presenting sponsor as well. Uh, we're still visiting with Brandon Maddox from Silencer Central, and we'll put a nice little bow on that conversation momentarily. First, though, this segment is brought to you by Big and J Whitetail Attractants and Rustic Reminders Taxidermy. They've got locations in San Antonio and Marion, and I've been using Josh and Becky for... 12 years or longer now, I highly recommend them for that trophy of a lifetime. It's going to outlast you, uh, so make it count and go with Rustic Reminders. You can find them at gr8mounts.com. With that being said, Brandon, what would you say is like the consumer market size for suppressors in, in the United States? You know, the ATF is expecting 800,000 Form 4s to go through. And of course, not all those are silencers. They're, you know, probably a percentage of machine guns. And there's probably a percentage that are, um, you know, could be SBRs. So, um, you know, they, I know that there's probably only about 4 million suppressors ever been made. Um, and I and I would probably argue that most people on average have several because once someone uses it, they want another one. So it's I think it's a high concentrated like, you know, there's a small number of people that own pretty much all of them are out there. Mm-hmm. But I would say next year you would expect to see probably a million um, suppressors sold in America just on the consumer side, not including like law enforcement or government use. So the, it, the market's going up, like people are buying more, which is oh, yeah. a good thing. Totally. For the reasons that I outlined, protect your oh, yeah. hearing, uh, youth shooting. Yep. You want to take your wife shooting. Totally. Uh, maybe your wife's only comfortable on the 243. Now you get her on a seven mag or whatever, you know, and yeah, 100%. You've got that extra knockdown power. Totally. Uh, it's the, so many benefits. And so more people are buying them. Um, that's a wonderful thing. Totally. So I'm convinced, you know, there, there's always like these legal debates. So I'm convinced that as more people shoot them and more people see that it's not a public safety issue, mm-hmm. that's, the, that's the message I always give people. Because people who want to work here, they're always like, well, aren't you afraid they're going to outlaw these and we're all going to have to go home with nothing to do? And I'm like, no, I mean, they already have a pretty stringent process of how they regulate these. They can't get any harder, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other side of the equation is it's not a public safety issue. These aren't being used in, you know, crimes. If you if you see one used in a crime, read the details because usually they made their own. They didn't buy it through the process that's, you know, put together currently. So You know why? Because they were probably already a criminal. Totally, 100%. <laughs> yeah, 100%. But I'm convinced that, like, as more people use these and see it's not a public safety issue, that only helps politicians. I think eventually they get deregulated, but... It almost has to be enough use case out there where people are able to speak to them. I mean, I've sat with elected officials that say, hey, you know, I'm against suppressors, but I'm okay. No, they say I'm against silencers, but I'm for suppressors. So, you know, there's just so much like misinformation and uh, poor education out there. But as more people use them and there's no public safety issues and it benefits people and more people own, you just I think you're going to see laws relax. That's my hope. I feel like and I was this guy for a long time. Uh, 
and I, I know that I think like New Zealand, if you don't show up with a suppressor at the gun range, they don't let you shoot. Totally. Like, yep. uh, and, and here I was, you know, for years with this seven mag with the muzzle brake and yeah, and you're blowing out the next guy, you know, <laughs> in the next bay over. And, and I was, um, well, I was, oh, I took the muzzle loader before I went to Nebraska and I had, and I had that guy doing it to me. Yeah. Just like, God, it's, it's, I mean, it's not rude. Right. But it's just yes. annoying. Like, totally. Hey, if, if we all had suppressors, this would be a much more user-friendly process, uh, a much more pleasant experience uh, for everybody. Totally. You know, it's interesting to me. So I was in South Africa where they're not regulated and you can kind of buy them at a hardware store. Um, they had suppressors there that, you know, you could use on the guns. Um, of course, I brought our own. And um, but it was interesting to me that um, I was there for 10 days shooting. And after the first day, I could just tell by talking to the professional hunter and the tracker, they had never had a group that that's all they did was use suppressors because mm -hmm. they I could tell they were bragging it up and how much they enjoyed it, made their life easier. You know what they really liked about it, especially the um, the 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 tracker guy is he could he could always tell by the impact sound because usually when you're shooting it's harder to hear the impact of the bullet but he could almost tell instantly whether it was a kill shot and he or or if it was going to be wounded and we're going to have to get another shot in it or go chase mm -hmm. it or find it um but it was just interesting to me thinking that okay in south africa these are unregulated but this is the first time these guys who've been doing it 15 20 30 years combined together had ever had a group that that's the whole time that's all we did everyone there that's all we used were suppressors it just sort of shocked me that more people weren't doing it but i think it's just people are coming from america they're comfortable with their muzzle brake they're comfortable the way it shoots and they just stick to it um but no my my hope is that continue more people continue to shoot have benefit tell their friends and then it just continues um talk about accuracy yeah and if uh, some people are like well is the suppressor going to shoot the same uh as just the you know my rifle yeah with the muzzle brake or just how it comes out of the box and i think there is a little variation but I, you know what i do is just dial every gun in with the suppressor on it yes and yes mitigate totally. any any variance that way yeah um, so studies show you get better accuracy. So if you think about accuracy, obviously it's a measure of repeatability. Would that be, and I, let me ask a question, yeah. just sorry to cut you off, but is that because you're more likely to flinch when you, when you have more recoil or is it actually the suppressors is improving your accuracy? Good question. So the, everything I've read says it's the weight on the end of the barrel. So it's almost like a bull barrel concept okay. that, that it's stabilizing the barrel. So you're not getting as much jump. And like you said, the recoil part. But um, yeah, so the repeatability is better having that extra weight on the end of the barrel, but you're right too. I find a lot of people will flinch, even though they're still shooting a suppressor. I think until they get used to shooting it quite a bit, they are able to sort of unlearn that habit of the flinch, but it's mostly just having a little bit of extra weight on the end of the barrel is going to add more consistency. The other thing is a lot of people, um, I think video games um, depict that it slows down the bullet. And so a lot of people that's sort of an apprehension or a concern or a worry, it actually speeds it up. So it's almost like having a longer barrel. You know, when you have a longer barrel, it'll pick up so many feet per second. So it's not a lot. I just remember years ago when I first started, this guy said, hey, if you can convince me that this thing doesn't slow down my bullets, I'm going to buy three or four. And I was like, dude, I'll bring a chronograph and you better get your checkbook out. And it, <laughs> it, it, it sped them up. I mean, every, every shot we had was, you know, five to 10 to 15 feet per second faster. So he's like, man, I'm in shock. And I'm like, well, the hole through the middle is bigger than the bullet. So nothing's touching. There's nothing that would you know potentially slow it down or, you know, hurt the, hurt the speed or the accuracy. I wish I would have done this 15 years ago. 
Uh, I was one of the people that was afraid of the process and what's what is what list is the government going to put me on and all that yeah, crap. Totally. Uh, and and I, I would encourage people not to go the route that I did. Get get one today. Yeah. Get two today. Um, yeah. get, start your trust because I, so I do, I have two now and I have, a, have yours ordered. So I'm, you know, yeah. I'm going to have three. And, uh, I think that's probably just the beginning yeah, the, exactly. the tip of the iceberg. Totally. Um, Oh, one other question. I yes. think this is an important one. So like the banish that you're sending me, yeah. um, what, what is the, uh, the range of calibers that that thing can, is, is, uh, formatted for? Good question. So, you know, it comes apart to clean, so you could put rimfire through there if you wanted. Of course, it's an inch and a half diameter, so it, it would feel big on most rimfires, but you could put it on a 22, a 17, so that rimfire, the lower end, you could go all the way up to um, 300 Win Mag, 300 Weatherby. And typically, we say with a Banish 30 that I wouldn't use it as a dedicated rum, but if you're using it occasionally for rum, it's fine. I mean, we've shot we've shot rum through it with no problem. But we always say if it's a dedicated or you need something that's all you're shooting as a rum, you know, we probably have like our banished gold or something like that would be better. But yeah, usually we say 300 Weatherby and less all the way down. And then if you're going to use it for a rum, occasionally you're you're going to be fine there. So it it that's a big range. I. You know, it wasn't until I got a store in North Dakota, Montana, Wyoming, where, you know, a lot of people were shooting bigger calibers just because of the open space. And it that's, so that's kind of our expertise. That's kind of what we've always kind of overbuilt them as far as handling pressure, thickness of titanium, testing, baffle size, ability to suppress. You know, Banish 30 is actually hearing safe on a wind mag. So a lot of, uh, there's very few suppressors that will say they're rated for a wind mag. And when they say they're rated, that doesn't mean they're hearing safe. But our whole goal was probably the most popular caliber in the Dakota's 300 Win Mag. So that Banish 30 was created for how do we make it hearing safe on the actual 300 Win Mag. Okay. Yeah. That, that's certainly my favorite caliber. Uh, oh, yeah. Is that that's what you I took to Africa? Africa? Oh, yeah. yeah 100% that's on everything. Baboon, ostrich, anything I shot, Eland, you know, yeah. everything 100% was 300 Win Mag. I loved it. Yeah. It was great. It's crazy because an Eland's as big as a Cape Buffalo, right? I mean, oh, it was huge, man. They brought a, they had to bring an elephant truck in to get the thing out. And there was like a whole crew of guys cutting trees down just so they could get to it. You're right. It was huge. You know, it's funny though. I got, I don't know how these trackers get so close. I mean, I was probably 50 yards from that thing and I shot him and he looked at me kind of like, that's all you got. And so then I shot another one and he looked at me like, that's all you got. And then I got a third one of them and it just dropped. But uh -huh. yeah, they're a beast. They're huge. But it, to me, it's crazy that, that, I just don't, they're not as tough as a Cape Buffalo because yeah. you legally, you can't hunt Cape Buffalo with 300 Win Mag. You've got oh, a, wow. the 375 H and H or 375 Ruger is like the minimum caliber right. uh, that, that you have to hunt with it, it, at least in South Africa where you were. Yeah. And uh, you know, I shot the Eland with a 300 Win Mag, you know, yeah. I think he, the pH was like, Oh, that's he's, he's done. You know, he yeah. laid down done. Uh, and but there's no way you hit on a Cape Buffalo with 300 wind mag. Oh. I shot a 375 Ruger, 300 grain uh, Hornady, dangerous game. Shot him four times, and the first one went through both lungs. But oh, wow, it didn't like the things just he just ran. Yeah, <laughs> and then my pH is like okay, as long as he doesn't go into uh, Carl's like as long as he doesn't go into the thick brush, we're gonna we're gonna keep chasing him, and you're gonna keep shooting him. Yeah. And totally. it, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't, he's running, we're running. He's like, whenever you get a shot, yeah. just put in, put another one in that thing ate 1200 grains of lead before he finally gave up. Wow. Yeah. You know, I had some heart beasts like that too, that gosh, I mean, I shot him and it fell and they're like, yeah, don't shoot him again. He got him ran off and we never found him. I'm like, man, I wish I'd shoot him again. Gosh. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> 
what uh what's the what's on your bucket list what's the next thing that you uh you'd like to hunt you know that's that's a good question i mean i feel like i missed some planes games so you know you have the list in front of you while you're there and you missed and i missed a few like you know some of the, like the varmint stuff even the warthog things like that you know it doesn't it seems crazy to be interested in those um you know i definitely africa to me was just the way to go so it's just thinking about what do i want to shoot next in africa um, I mean, I, I would say definitely that Cape Buffalo is definitely on the list. I mean, that just, uh, that sounds fun, you know, like a leopard cheetah stuff, some of that stuff where you have to kind of go in longer, you bait them. I think that would be cool. Um, honey badger. Those look cool. I mean, there's a lot of cool mm -hmm. stuff. There's so much stuff on my list. Of course, I'm still getting the bills for the taxidermy. So it's almost oh, like, yeah. you know, it's like getting pins in here, like wanting to plan your next trip. And you're like, man, I'm still paying for the last trip. Uh -huh. <laughs> and the wife's saying they're not going on our wall. Where are you going to put them? I'm like, I don't know. We'll figure it out when they get here. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's future Brandon's problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right on, man. Well, uh, give us the website. I know you guys at silencer central on all the social stuff um yeah. but, uh, what is the website yeah. yeah so like here's my honest feedback the easiest thing is just pick up the phone and call our guys i mean all these guys that are in our call center they're hunters they're they're in the sport most guys have been working for me four or five years they're going to give you advice and it doesn't mean you have to buy anything you can just talk yeah. to them but our research after someone buys from us if they make a connection with a sales guy and talk to them and walk through what they want and if they have questions in the process they still have that point of contact it seems like the customer has a better experience so my advice would be go to silencercentral.com it's got the phone number on there just call us talk to one of our guys even if you just say hey i just have a few questions about the trust or a few questions i think one thing people don't realize it was a good question you asked about what calibers can you cover because some people look in their gun closet or they're safe and they're like i don't want to go down the silencer path because i have to buy one for everyone and that's not the right. case that banish 30 you mentioned will work on pretty much every center fire you have so once you hear that from somebody and they say hey you only got to get one get to pay for it while you wait we're going to mail it to your front door we're going to make it easy call me if you have problems it just sort of lowers that stress level people have a better experience people have a better experience they tell their friends and then their friends buy them too so that's that's the that's the goal is just call then you kind of make a connection with us and you feel like mm -hmm. you know us better yeah it, i think i have uh i mean i have a a bunch of I don't know how many calibers, but there's four that are like in my rotation right now, like that yep. are heavy. It's uh, Henry's, my son's 243. I have the thermal on the 6.5 Creedmoor. Perfect. And then I, I either pull out the 301 mag or 7 mag for, yep. for when I go hunting. Oh, yeah. I just unscrew the one that I have currently, which we're going to put the banish on there when I get it. But perfect, and, you know, slap it on what, whichever one of those it is. It's super convenient. You don't have to buy one for every gun. Totally. Uh, and I think that like, yeah, it's very important to, to reiterate that. Yes, totally. People are, they hear how people like them. And they're afraid to go down that path. They just like, they're opening up, you know, baseball card collection. I'll be, you know, it's going to be a, a endless money pit, but you know, the other thing I found too, is like my piece of advice is a lot of people want to buy like a universal suppressor they can use on everything, meaning like pistol and rifle and three, three, eight. And, you know, I'm not, I, I hate to say I'm against that, but I would say whichever, whichever uh, caliber you shoot the most often and you would get the most benefit from get a suppressor specific for that. Cause my mm -hmm. experience is it's going to work better than you thought. And it works so well, it's easier to justify saying, Hey, I think I want to get another one. Cause then it almost feels like a waste. If you buy one, that's going to work on everything. It's it, it'll get you in the game and you'll like it, but you'll end up buying more. Cause now you want to specialize. Mm -hmm. It's almost better to pick your favorite caliber, get one for it. You're going to love it better than you thought. And then you can work on specializing later. Right on, right on. Well, Brandon, I appreciate it. I hope that you yeah. and your daughter have a successful deer hunt coming up here in Texas yeah. in the coming weeks. And uh, yeah, man, thanks for jumping on. It's been a pleasure uh, having you shed some insight on, on all things suppressors today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. If you have any questions, just shoot me an email or give me a call. Take care, brother.
Yeah, thank you, sir. So there you go. Everything you need to know about why suppressors are so beneficial and uh, how streamlined the process has become. Not saying you're going to get your uh, your suppressor back in six months, but I don't think you're going to have to wait a year anymore or longer. Some folks waited a lot longer than that. Uh, I got my first one back literally like six months after I finished filing the uh, paperwork. And I think we're coming up on four or five months now with the uh, the one I have on order from Silencer Central. Anyway, that segment was brought to you by Black Rifle Coffee. Veteran-owned and operated, they're America's coffee company. And you'll save 10% off all of their roast and that unapologetic patriotic swag they're known for by using my promo code Lone Star. I think it's 20%. Lone Star 20 when you check out at BlackRifleCoffee.com. Unfortunately, we are out of time for today. Got to go. Got to get out of here. Thanks to Brandon. Thanks to all of our sponsors for making this show possible. Thanks to you, the listener, for being a part of SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Until next time, I'm Cable Smith saying Happy New Year. Y'all have a great weekend in the outdoors. Oh,